Free Your Inner Guru is a listener-supported show. Supporting the podcast is also designed to support you by keeping the episodes free of ads, but also with rewards for your donation like the Free Your Inner Guru guidebook, a private listener forum, and live monthly Q&A sessions. To become a supporting member, you can visit patreon.com forward slash free your inner guru. Happy New Year and welcome to Free Your Inner Guru. I'm your host, Laura Tucker. I'm very excited to welcome you to the first episode of the year. Today, I want to talk to you about a few things that have been going on in my environment that seem relevant to the start of a new year. 2019 promises to be a continuing roller coaster ride on a global level. And that means that it is all the more important that we each govern ourselves when it comes to what we think, feel, and do day in, day out in our own lives. And so that we maintain our own sense of self, our own sense of purpose and alignment, and understand what it takes to, more important than anything, feel good in our skin, feel good in our life, feel good in our business, and feel good about ourselves as leaders. A couple of things happened last week that reminded me of the five years or so that I owned a gym. I always think of those days at the dawn of the new year as suddenly all of the televisions and radio and online ads start to pop up with the new year, new you, best year yet, Um, you name it. There's all kinds of marketing campaigns out there right now. And I'm not slagging it. I think the new year is a great time to set intentions and make change. There were a lot of years where I was anti-resolutions and now I'm a, a little less militant about that because I think any day is a great day to make a positive shift in your life. And who am I to criticize or judge if someone wants to center that around January 1st, or as I do many times, September 1st or following Labor Day weekend. We have cycles in our life and the dawn of a new year, the dawn of a new season, a birthday. We can choose any moment to make a transformation. And sometimes those moments choose us, don't they? So um, I want to talk to you about uh, environment today couple in particular. Since it's the new year, we'll talk about the body environment and how important it is to be compassionate towards ourselves and our bodies if we're not in our ideal desired state. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about business and, and how compassion can be your superpower in 2019. You might say, what? Compassion? What kind of superpower is that? Well, just bear with me. Um, so last week I was speaking with one of my clients, and she brought to mind a couple of uh, stories of members in our gym from uh, when my husband and I ran a snap fitness uh, from the years 2010 to 2014, I think it was. And um, that was a time in my life where I was looking to avoid anything self-help, anything personal development, anything spiritual. Um, So instead of opening a Tim Hortons, we opened a franchise gym, 
still wanted to be something that created community and was healthy for people. I didn't go so far away from myself that uh, I sold sugar for a living. So, uh, so, but it was in those days, it was very interesting. I got to experience everything, all that comes with owning a brick and mortar business, heightened responsibility, having employees, having customers instead of business to business. It was really challenging. We opened up in the middle of the recession in an area of British Columbia that we didn't know it, but we would be competing with the oil fields for staff and for pay rate. It was extremely challenging. And then at the same time, I had my automotive consulting business still going and uh, that was still in the recession as well. So these were really interesting times. So um, anyhow, we opened up shop, so to speak and um, signed up all of our members and and implemented the programs, hired personal trainers, and did our absolute best to create a clean, friendly environment that would have a neighborhood feel where people wouldn't be um, intimidated to come in. And it was a 24-hour format, seven days a week, 24 hours. Members let themselves in with a card. We were staffed during what you would consider normal operation times and um, open via security and, and with cameras and recordings through the night. And this will become relevant shortly. So um, there's a tale of two members here. And this was part of the process that actually eventually led me back to more transformational work. Because whatever I saw people who actually got their desired results, when their results were going to involve significant transformation, it became evident that the transformation had happened on the inside long before they ever crossed our threshold. So we had one gentleman who was nearing retirement and had an idea of himself in his post-career days as being healthy, fit, able to travel the world with his wife. He had made promises to his family and he had worked, you know, what is a very typical Western successful um, career model, which is to be, as I was, a workaholic and not take care of his body. So you can imagine after years and years, he was in sales he um, years of being sedentary, years of whining and dining and travel all over the place. It's very difficult to eat well when you're traveling all the time, especially if it's to areas where there aren't um, many options, as that was the case with him. And so while the money was really good, the lifestyle, um, well, let's just say a heavy travel lifestyle is not nearly as glamorous as a lot of people think it is. So his body was in a state that he recognized to be incongruent with his vision for his retirement. And he was so motivated by what he wanted for himself, his wife, and his family in retirement that he came into our gym, signed up, bought personal training, and then invested in himself time, energy, money, day in, day out. And he never leaned on us for anything other than knowledge and safe workouts. The transformation had happened within. He had set up um, patterns that made things easier for him, and he had set up boundaries on his work life so that he could use that last year or two before retirement 
to get himself into alignment with his vision for his future self. The transformation was from the inside out. The second story or case study that I'm going to present you with is someone who was not moving towards retirement or towards a vision of himself. He was moving away. And we we tend as human beings to make change, significant change for two reasons and two reasons only. The first being that our vision is so compelling, our future is so compelling that it inspires us to move forward. The second reason is less um, light and airy. The second reason is fear. This was a much younger person. It was a person who, I don't, I'm not sure what, what the story was, prior to him joining our gym. But I'll tell you this, we never met him until he had been a member for almost a year after joining. He came in, signed up, and then we never saw him again. But every morning when we woke up and we looked at who had checked into the gym through the night, we would see his name. Two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. We just figured that He worked a night job and he came in when he was done work, but that wasn't the case at all. This gentleman was in his early twenties and the last time he weighed himself, and it may have been the first and only time he had weighed himself in a very long time, he had to go to the post office to stand on an industrial scale to get the measure of his weight because conventional scales don't weigh people who are over 400 pounds. After he'd been a member for about a year, he started coming in during the day. He was no longer self-conscious. He had moved the needle on his weight and his confidence enough that he would allow himself to be seen by the light of day. And he became a key part of the community around the gym. But once again, the transformation had happened on the inside. Yes, it was motivated by fear. When we finally got the story, his doctors had sat him down and told him that he was not going to live to be um, a mature man or an old man if he didn't make significant change. And he decided that that was that. And he set his mind to it. Now, both of these people, you might think, have tremendous willpower. But I am going to propose to you that they did not. Not in the conventional sense. Their vision for their future was compelling enough, yes, or their fear of the outcome that they didn't desire was compelling enough, yes. But for the most part, that's not willpower. Most of us are not equipped with willpower. And when you start to get a handle on that idea, it's easier to become more compassionate because we're trying to work with a tool that we don't even really even have. It would be kind of like going out, I can't believe I'm going to use a golf metaphor right now, but trying to go out and hit a long drive using a putter. That's what most of us are doing when, um, when we're trying to use the muscle, the very, very weak or non-existent muscle of willpower. 
And this is one of the reasons why being in a state of compassion for yourself and patience is so incredibly important. So now, what I want you to do is just think about somebody you know or yourself in an area in your life. Maybe it's your body environment. Maybe it's your business environment. But if you are expecting yourself to suddenly muscle on up and turn into somebody that you haven't been for a very long time, there's a few things that are helpful that I would like to share with you. The first thing is, we've got to take responsibility for the truth of the results. And one of the big truths is, as uh, I came into this recently myself, when it comes to flexibility in my body, that if you're going to undo a result that you've created by being inactive in your body or irresponsible with your money or perhaps it's you know results from an addiction it is probably going to take you a lot longer to get out of your undesired state than it took you to get in but that doesn't mean that you should defer feeling good about yourself until you've accomplished that. And that's what a lot of us do. We beat ourselves up and punish ourselves all the way to the gym, all the way to the, your run, all the way to the bank, all the way to work. And because we're punishing ourselves, we get caught up in a loop of shaming and blaming. And if that's what you need to get yourself going, That's one thing. But as a long-term result in and of itself, we're not really getting to the core of the matter if we're shaming and blaming ourselves all the way to our result because guess what? We're not going to be happy when we get there. Sometimes, though, people hold their feelings away from them until they get the result because they feel like somehow they're an imposter. And... That's another consequence of being in a shame loop, or it's a, it's a sign that you're being governed by shame and not by your true self, not by your soul. Lots of times we, uh, especially in traditional self-help, the approach of faking it until you make it or hyping yourself or drugging yourself into an altered state is, um, is used as a tactic to show the difference between your current state and your desired state. And there's, there can be something that to be said for that. But I'm going to suggest that you can choose compassion as your desired state. Compassion for yourself so that you can have compassion for others. A few years ago, I was on a plane headed to a workshop with Freeman Patterson. He's, a, oh, he's in his 80s now, but he is a... Oh, a premier Canadian outdoor photographer. And if you know much about me, you'll know that photography is my creative passion. And uh, I've studied with him over the decades now, traveled to, to see him and, uh, and learn from him in uh, 2004, 2005, 2010, 2014, and I believe this was 2016. Um, and I needed, he was putting on a spiritual a retreat with a spiritual slant to it. It was for artists and photographers, but it was using our art, using our creativity to explore our spiritual side. So felt like a great, safe kind of workshop for me to go to, 
dipping the toe in the water and to a trusted mentor. And when I was packing for that trip, I knew I, well, I knew I was really tired. It was a very eventful year, 2016. And it was just such a privilege to be able to go and take a week to take a big time out and an opportunity for a lot of reflection. But also I just, I felt like shit most of the time, to be honest. And, you know, even things, things were going okay. My, my coaching practice was building. I had a few big things happening in the year. Um, that documentary was coming out. There was a lot of uncertainty, wasn't sure how things were going to go. And I, I needed to go inside and transform so that I could create something desirable in the world. And this is what we're all trying to do, right? So I, at the last minute, I looked at my bookshelf and I picked up a book I hadn't touched since 2008 called Power Versus Force. Now, I'll put a link into the show notes. I'm going to warn you. It's a bit of a dry read and the audiobook, oh, tough. I wouldn't suggest listening to it while you're driving. However, the content is well worth the effort. Um, and I'll probably drag it off my shelf and read it again very soon, put it on the next pile. But in the book, Power Versus Force, is the whole idea of, are you using power or are you using force? And I really think this is the genesis of, of this whole idea of, of forcing our way through. I'll be very discerning here how I use the word power um, versus powering through. Um, the idea is that most of us are forcing it all of the time. Willpower is forcing it. Shaming ourselves into action is forcing it. Guilting ourselves into anything is forcing it. Just doing it is force. Willpower is force. Powering through something, obstacles, overcoming challenges, being in battle, it's all coming from force. And the idea on the other side of the spectrum is to move into power, to move into flow, to move into higher states of consciousness, so that, and emotion and feelings in our bodies and minds and spirits so that we can achieve results with more ease. It doesn't mean there's not a tremendous amount of effort, but this is about elegance and ease and higher consciousness. It's really heady, important stuff. Um, so I grab this book and I bring it with me on the plane and I'm just getting ready to go into this week of reflection. And I open up the page and I start reading exactly where I knew I needed to read because I was really struggling with a shit ton of shame at that time. And so I was reading about the emotion of shame. And some of the things I remember from that were that shame is the closest vibration to death. It is lower than guilt, anger, fear, and that the antidote to shame is compassion. And in this book, the author's name, I need to credit him, it's David, I think it's David R. Hawkins. What he says is that if you are shaming yourself, you cannot be compassionate to others. And I went, what? What do you mean? Of course I'm compassionate to others. And then I read it and I read it. And I'm so glad in hindsight that I took it seriously because it caused a massive shift. It shifted me out of, of this 
not for myself, but for other people. Because when we're shaming and guilting and forcing and comparing, we cannot be fully present to the people around us. Now, if you have a desire to make a difference in the world, or you make a living or have an intention to be of service, like I do, and you take this seriously, you realize that all of this shaming and blaming and being hard on yourself is actually an addictive, negative state that is keeping you from stepping into who you want to become. Let alone the actual thing that's starting it, whether it's the extra 5, 10, 15, 50, 100 pounds or whatever the negative result is. But if you're constantly on yourself in a negative way and you're playing that loop over and over again, it is having an impact on how you show up for other people. So if you can't quite do it for yourself, and this is where I remember I was at at that time, if you can't quite pull yourself out of this shame storm for yourself, start turning it around in your head and stop making it about you. That's the key. Stop making it about you. When we're in shame, when we're in blame, when we're in guilt, when we're in imposter syndrome, when we are playing small, not only are we not serving the world, but we're actually being very egocentric. And that state, that lower vibrational state, that depressed state is much closer to narcissism than anything that we ever want to think or see in ourselves. So if you want to interrupt a pattern and have a significant impact, not just for yourself, but for others, take a look at whether or not what you're actually doing is shaming yourself. And if it is, and there's a great, excellent chance that it is, if uh, to quote Brene Brown, either admit you have shame or admit that you're a psychopath. So given that psychopaths probably still aren't listening, if you're still here, this inquiry into how is shame showing up and how am I shitting on myself and whole and holding myself back, not just in this now relatively unimportant result that I don't like, that I want to change, that I can change, that I am changing. You got to get yourself around and into alignment with feeling good or at least feeling better and work your way up the continuum. So if it's shame is where you're at, well, guess what? Stepping one step up to guilt, then to anger, then to neutrality. You know, it is impossible to go directly. I don't care what anyone says. Trust me, I have tried. You cannot go from shame to joy. Just drop that idea right now. But what you can do is orient yourself in a forward, positive direction. You can start getting your thoughts into alignment with where you know you are going because the decision happens in an instant and you can give yourself permission to feel better. Every day that you make a choice that's in alignment with your desired state, 
You don't have to wait for the result to show up to feel good. This is where we get it wrong. This is where, I don't know if it's Western culture, our addictive culture, what, however we want to say it, but this is 2019 and we live in a culture of distraction, comparison, guilting, manipulation, and tactics. This is why this whole idea of getting in touch with what is true for you, what it will take for you to feel good is so incredibly important. Allow yourself to feel better and things will start to change. This is a permission thing. No matter what you've done, opportunities you've missed, um, results that you're not happy with, you can give yourself permission to be imperfectly you and move forward. And that's what I want for you and for me in 2019. I want each and every one of us to be true to ourselves and stop trying to get everything done just based on willpower and shame and guilt and manipulation and start moving towards doing things from the inside out. Changing the feeling changes the vibration. Changing the vibration changes your energy. Changing your energy gives you, well, to not to sound too redundant, more energy in order to be able to get into alignment with the things that you truly desire and deserve to attract into your life. So if your intention for 2019 has anything to do with changing your body environment, changing your financial situation, when you make small decisions that are congruent with that outcome, allow yourself to celebrate. Allow yourself to feel good. Allow yourself to start to experience some of the joy of the little things, like those critical smaller steps and results that show you that you are on the right track. Because you are, and because you are going to learn something from your journey, if only you will allow it in. And if you're coming at it from a place of compassion for others, which starts with compassion for yourself, you will be, before you know it, exactly where you want to be. I'll leave you with that. I hope that 2019 brings you everything that you desire and deserve and that you allow yourself to let it in. Happy New Year. Until next time, this is Laura Tucker signing off for Free Your Inner Guru. Thank you for listening to Free Your Inner Guru. I know you have a lot of choice where you receive your inspiration and information. If today's episode resonated with you, I'd be grateful if you would take a few extra seconds for three quick things. First, if there's an idea or story that you know would make a difference in someone else's life, follow the link in the show notes back to our website where you can easily share it with them. Second, subscribe so that you can be part of the ongoing conversation on whatever app or website you're listening on. Big conversations become the catalyst for meaningful change. And if you happen to be listening on iTunes, please take a few moments to leave a rating and a review. 
The last thing I'll leave you with is that we are building a community of conscious leaders to engage in big conversations and support the Free Your New Guru podcast. To find out more, visit patreon.com forward slash freeyourinnerguru or support.freeyourinnerguru.com. Until next time, I'm Laura Tucker, signing off for Free Your Inner Guru.